Hi, I'm Erica Darvis. Hi, I'm Amy Randolph. And you're listening to Podcast Rewind. We are two best friends talking hot topics and all of the podcasts that we're totally obsessed with. So come please be our friend on social media. You can find us at Podcast RWD on Instagram and Twitter, and then head over to Facebook and search Podcast Rewind. You can listen to our show wherever you're already listening to your favorite podcasts. Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever that is, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe because we need your stars to keep this show going. Cheers. Cheers. Let's talk podcasts. Hello, Rewinders. Welcome to episode 61 of Podcast Rewind. I'm one of your hosts, Amy Randolph, and I'm sitting here with my lovely best friend, Erica Jarvis. Hey, E, how is it going? What up, A? It is going. I am mm-hmm. excited to be on the mic this week. And I am too. We've got a really cool show today. We are just kind of like full of frisian. True story. Yeah, we're stoked about this one. Um, we are back for a second week in a row, I mean. which is sometimes monumental for Podcast Rewind. You know, I was thinking today that we are consistent about one thing, and that is being inconsistent. Consistent. So as long as you're willing to go on the ride with us, we'll always be this yeah. batshit for you. Yeah, and you can leave that as a review on iTunes, but also with a five-star review. Yeah. Like, these girls are great at telling us about podcasts and their Every now and then. And this just goes to show, guys, we really are living another life, a nine-to-five corporate world, and sometimes, as we say, we just can't. And we are a day late. I felt like absolute ass yesterday. Yeah. I came home at 4 o'clock and fell asleep. Know. Never saw you. Never left no. my room. I did not speak to you yesterday. Do you know how many days go by <laughs> where we don't speak? Like, negative two, really, out <laughs> right. of a year. I know. It was just one of those things where I was like, I can't. I, I, I tried to muster up every bit of energy just to get on the mic. But I was like, I'm just... I need a little bit of Vanderpump and to pass the fuck out. And my Fitbit was like, 16 hours is a new record for you. Congrats. Are you okay? <laughs> and thankfully, you are okay. You sound fantastic. Okay. And um, you're back on the horse, if you will. Because As we will. we are able to bring you drink of the week. Cheers. Cheers. From our canned beer in our koozies. Um, I, this week, am partaking in... An IPA that we have all the time, and I love it. I love it. It's Mad Manatee uh, IPA from Bold City Brewery, one of our faves. Yeah, up in Jacksonville. My parents got me hooked. Mm-hmm. They're in St. Augustine. It's right next to Jacksonville, and that tap room in downtown Jacksonville is, like, literally in someone's garage. There's a Jenga set that's missing some pieces in the corner. <laughs> you can go in. A pint is barely $5. You can fill up a growler for $15. Heaven. Heaven. We go there all of the time. I'm so glad you love it. Mad Manatee is excellent. Speaking of coast beer, yes. I went the other direction. I went to Tampa. Mm-hmm. I'm drinking a High Lie IPA from Cigar City Brewery. And uh, not as good as Mad Manatee, but a good IPA never did anybody wrong. That is true. So we were in like the Tampa adjacent yeah, Tampa. area this past weekend. So moving on to obsession of the week. Yeah. If I can just jump right sure. in. Um, had such a fun, chill St. Patty's Day weekend in um, St. Pete. 
which is just south of Tampa. Oh, it's like a like, 15 minute drive without traffic. For sure. Um, attending a thing that I never thought I would. Uh-huh. A reggae festival. Yeah. I don't listen to reggae music really in my like spare time. No, you don't. Um, but I got invited to go to this festival and you came along with me and we, we heard some jam bands, man. Well, we heard reggae, jam band. <laughs> jam band's a different world. That's more Dave Matthews. Well, you know what fish. I mean. Like, we were jamming. jamming. We'd be we jamming. Were, we listened to jamming bands. But most importantly, we saw, like, Method Man and Red Man. <laughs> we sure did. We saw Ziggy Marley. We did. We uh, I was told smelled a lot of smells. I don't know if it was patchouli, weed, so many things. Erica <laughs> Jarvis, it was weed, and you know this. <laughs> No, we, my we mom did not, knows. We did not partake. We just no. smelled it around yeah. us. Who would need to partake? Uh, it was yeah. in the air. It was in my nose for days. Even in a meeting today, I was like, oh my God, do I smell weed? Do <laughs> like, I smell like weed? Like, do people think I'm It high? like lives within my clothes. They immediately went right into like the hamper to be cleaned because they could oh. stand up on their own from dirt and dust and oh. sweat. Girl. Okay, so I have said it before and I'll say it again. I'm too old for a music festival. You are. I agreed to go to this one um, and reminded myself how right I was the last time I experienced a music festival. I'm too old for this shit. You are, which is weird. You're younger than me by like a hot fucking second. Like days. But like literally days. I love a good music festival. You know, the only problem that I get mad at is when two of my favorite bands are playing at the same time. Yeah, fantastic. And when I went to one in Pasadena a couple years ago, my girlfriend Ashley and I... You know, you're just doing so much running around and your feet hurt and you think you're a champ and the next day you're like, I'm going to get up and be there by one. And then you're like, oh, I can't put these shoes back on. My feet hurt so much. And I'm so gross and dirty. But like, once you get there, you've got a drink in your hand. You can muster any courage you need and you can keep on going. It's just a matter of getting up the next day and going. It's the hurdle you have to get over. We thankfully had the most beautiful of late winter Florida weather. Just 70s, breezy, sunny. Now, we did skip the last day of the festival because we just didn't have enough energy left in any of us to get through St. Patrick's Day, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But it was rainy and gross anyway. So we skipped out. We've got the good memories. Yeah. And it was a great, like, just chill getaway weekend. Yeah. I'm obsessed with it. What are you obsessed with? So I'm obsessed with, I do this thing at our company almost every quarter Mm -hmm. or maybe twice a year. I go and I talk for um, about a couple of hours over at the college program and talk about my career and our company with communications and different project work. And every time I do it, it's my favorite day of like a couple of weeks. It gets me going. It's so much like good vibes, juju, and I'm so extroverted that like talking to 200 people is so much energy that like I could charter a plane. Like, it's just, like, <laughs> insane. And so I had such a good morning doing that. Like, I didn't feel well yesterday, but got my butt up this morning. And as soon as I had a little bit of coffee in me, I'm talking to these kids and seeing their excitement and sharing, like, all of my wisdom that I've learned in my 13 years here was just so great because I didn't have that when I started in our company. And to yeah. just to be able to impart wisdom as small as if you do a meet and greet, write a handwritten thank you note. Those little things I just love getting out. It's like a personal extension of my blog that mm-hmm. talks all about those kind of business things. And so it was so just a great morning. I made a great cup of coffee. Like, it was just little things that, like, I didn't hit traffic. Everything yes. just kind of worked in my favor. 
turn on my car, I got my favorite song ever that was playing, Gray Street by Dave Matthews Band, speaking of jam bands. Yeah. And so it was just such a good morning. It kept me going, and I'm probably going to ride on it for at least a week or so. Happy first day of spring also, by the way. Yes, spring has sprung. What a great way to kick off the solstice. Yes. Right? With a good podcast. With a good podcast, a good friend, some good beer. This is going great. It's going great, guys, and it's only going to get greater. That's because we're about to talk about... Our topic of the week. Yes. So, so okay. So, resennials. We've talked about this so many times on the podcast. And Eric and I grew up watching like TV on TV when the TV show aired. Yeah, live. And, then, and there are so many great eras of well, so many great shows that came out of the eighties and nineties and that late Gen X to early millennial time frame that we remember watching as families and. Like I said, you had to be at home. It was appointment television. And they did this awesome thing back then that was all about, like, loving each other's shows. Like, crossovers and spinoffs were so popular back then. Must-see TV, because it was. 100%. And we also hear at Podcast Rewind, love a conspiracy theory. We really do. If you guys remember our Mandela Effect episode... Amy and I still reference it constantly. Are we in an alternate universe? Is this real? Is it not? Like, it kind of gets our brain going, and we love it. We do. And some of our listeners, I think that's one of the most, one of the episodes that I hear about the most from people that have listened, you know, uh, referencing the alternate universes that we brought up in that episode. Yeah. And there are so many kind of universes, multiverses potentially within television, specifically of the era that I just mentioned. And there, you guys, is such a cool conspiracy that we cannot wait to dive into today. Yeah, so this is an episode all about the Tommy Westfall universe. And like Amy mentioned, we've had people reach out to us to say, hey, this was a great episode from Mandela Effect. Here's another conspiracy theory for you. I recently had one of my high school math teachers, Mr. Solanday from North Allegheny Senior High. What up, Mr. Solanday? You know, we're friends on Facebook. Can I call him Dan? I don't know. He's not my teacher anymore. That's such a strange thought. Like You're both adults. We're I think adults. you can call him Dan. I think so. Maybe Mr. Dan? Mr. Dan? Not I Lieutenant Dan. No, not Lieutenant Dan. But he reached out and was like, if you thought the Mandela effect is cool, let me teach you one more thing. Because here's the thing, Mr. Soliday. I remember little to nothing from our calc or trig classes. You were my math teacher. You taught a math thing, and then I went to school for journalism and dumped everything out of my brain. You don't need that shit in real life. You, you just fun, don't. Fun fact. You, you need to know how to do your taxes, and that's soup's important. And budgeting. I have got to get on top you of my taxes. You have to get on your taxes. But he told me, he just sent me a HuffPost link to this Tommy Westfall universe, and I clicked into it, and within two paragraphs, I immediately was like, yep. We're doing it. Told you was like, we've got to dive deep. So guys, what is the Tommy Westfall universe and why is it boggling our brains? So there was a show back in the 80s called St. Elsewhere. I guess. I guess. I didn't watch it. I didn't either. I think it was just a few hair too early for us. Yes. As not Gen X, millennials, like, like right there. But it ran six seasons, it was really popular, and their finale was very much anticipated. Uh, I think it ran on ABC. So, you know, ABC had definitely put out commercials. The show was going to end. Season finale is whatever night it is at 8 o'clock. And the majority of America was tuned in to watch. 
at what turned out to be a kind of bizarre ending. Yeah. So this was a television show. Think about ER, but in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So all about doctors in this hospital in St. Elsewhere. And the show series, excuse me, the whole series ends and it kind of cuts, you know, they're in the hospital and then it cuts away. And then all of a sudden you see an older gentleman who's also on the show as a doctor, but in a different role. And then another doctor in a different role talking about this young child, Tommy Westfall. And these two guys you realize aren't doctors on the show anymore. Anymore. They are now in this different world as the camera pulls back a dad and a grandfather talking about Tommy. And he's staring at this globe, the snow globe. And you realize these two doctors you've come to know for these past couple of series might not be who they really are. Right. Now, Tommy Westfall had been a character on Mm -hmm. St. Elsewhere as Dr. Westfall's 15-year-old autistic son. And this was, you know, a very, uh, I don't know, what's the word, like, pointed view of autism was before we really talked so much about the spectrum. So we always knew Tommy as a character who was nonverbal and, you know, was kind of doing that rocking thing. Mm -hmm. But like you say, in these very last moments of the series finale, you see Tommy rocking and looking into this snow globe. And then the camera pulls away and you see that the entire St. Elsewhere Hospital is inside the snow globe. And then it clicks to you as the audience member that the two characters that you knew to be doctors inside St. Elsewhere were actually this grandfather and father and son family structure. Yep. And that the entire series had existed only inside this autistic yeah. Tommy's mind that he watched through his snow globe and made up. Everything that had happened for the last six seasons. I mean, it was like in the 80s, they were coming up with these kinds of things like who shot JR? Oh, wait, JR wasn't dead. Bob Newhart, was it real? Was it not? Tommy woke up from a dream. Woke up from a dream. Tommy made everything up. Oh, what? You don't see that on television anymore. You don't see a show blow up at the end of a series anymore. No, we were just talking about this the other night. I feel like the last time there was a what the fuck ending was The Sopranos when it just faded to black Mm -hmm. with the family in the diner. And then also the lost ending. I did watch it. I don't remember it very much, but I know people were like, what the actual Mm -hmm. fuck? Mm -hmm. You know, series tend to wrap themselves in bows now. Yes. Also, back then, there was no... Uh, spoilers. No. There was no internet. You literally had to tune Ugh. in and watch and just by yourself go, what? You couldn't even get on Twitter and see what other people thought about it. You had to go to the water cooler yes. or school the yes. next day to get other people's thoughts. It was such a different way to experience television. Oh my God, yeah. So that ending to St. Elsewhere where everybody in their own living rooms had to experience the what the fuck of realizing that St. Elsewhere only happened in the snow globe. Yeah. In Tommy's mind. We're like that um, brain explosion emoji, Mm -hmm. really, at the end of the day. So, okay, this show took place in Tommy's mind. That's kind of easy to understand at the end of the day. But here's where it becomes a universe. Here's where things start to continue to blow your mind and further out. The show St. Elsewhere crossed over with about 12 other television shows that were on TV at the same time. So... Somewhere along the line, a group of guys kind of thought, well, then did those 12 shows exist in Tommy's mind? Are they real? Exactly. So those guys, I listened to a podcast talking about the Tommy Westfall 
a universe called The Watch List, okay. which is part of the Radio Misfits Network. Awesome. Um, the main host of that is Pugs Moran. And, <laughs> yeah, obviously. Um, his two sidekicks are Gary and Andy. So Pugs and Gary are like probably about our parents' age, okay. maybe 50s, early 60s, and Andy's a millennial. So it was really fun listening nice. to this podcast because they were trying to teach the millennial uh-huh. about old school um, appointment TV Andy said he's never watched Friends live, so true millennial, this guy. And they were talking about the ending of Saint Elsewhere and, you know, appointment television like I was talking about before. And then they get into the Tommy Westfall universe that we just introduced. So I can tell you the man's name is Keith Gow, and he's from Australia. And he was fascinated with the ending of the of St. Elsewhere and started to think to himself and bring it up to his friends in a pub in Australia <laughs> one night. We can relate to that. With all of the crossovers that they did back then, if it's true that the hospital and the entire series only happened in Tommy's mind, then other characters, say Carla from Cheers, yep. who met them one point on the television show Cheers... Well, then Cheers can only exist in the St. Elsewhere realm, Uh which therefore must also have been made up by Tommy. Yep. So the entire series of Cheers, that's also made up by Tommy, right? It is. And then those characters from St. Elsewhere, like what else do they appear on? So much. Yes. We said 12 other television shows in the mid to late 80s they crossed over with. Right. So... If it's true, once like like I said, that St. Elsewhere existed inside the snow globe, which Tommy made up, then every time those characters crossed in or characters from other shows crossed in, it must also, according to Keith Gow and his uh-huh. bodies in a pub, be true that Tommy made that up as well, right? Yeah, I absolutely. Mean, if we're talking about this television universe and we're going to keep that plane yep. the same, then it has to be true that Cheers was made up by Tommy. Right. And so while you're listening, you might think, like, okay, I didn't watch these shows back in the 80s. So to even break it down further for a good zennial, we've all watched Friends before. You just referenced it. Mm-hmm. So Phoebe on that show has a twin, Ursula. Mm-hmm. But we met Ursula once before. Ursula was a waitress on Mad About You. Love Mad About Love You. Love and Mad yes. About You. So then those shows exist in the same universe. In an episode of Mad About You, Paul Reiser and Helen Hunt go to see his old apartment to drop off mail. He used to live in Kramer's apartment from Seinfeld. So then these three shows all, of course they're in New York, but they live in the same universe. Right. So that's just like maybe an earlier example of that universe. Right. But somehow I know all three of those shows are part of the Tommy Westfall universe. So at one point, one of those characters crossed in somewhere else that a Tommy Westfall, I mean, a St. Elsewhere character did before. So therefore they're part of the universe. So Cheers, we know, is in the universe, which means Frasier is in yep. the universe. And anywhere that Frasier or their characters crossed over to, now they're goes, in the universe. and goes, and goes. Right. So Keith Gow and his buddies started this whole theory online, and Reddit and Tumblr have gone insane with it yes. over the past few years. And I think officially, according to Keith Gow and his buds, there are now 419 there are. shows connected to the Tommy Westfall universe. And the internet has taken it as far as what did you say today? Um, Just about like a little 420-ish. But that number only goes back to August of 2016. The Tumblr sites that I was finding and a lot of articles, guys, this is exhausting. 
Right. How do you keep up with it? And so three years ago, they kind of were like, you guys get it, right? This is insane. We're going to wash our hands of it. You have to imagine it's probably grown to well over 450 shows. We're even talking down to Doctor Who, which is a BBC show that has no business being in the universe, right? But at one point in time on Doctor Who, you see the exact same replica of Tommy's snow globe at the end of St. Elsewhere on that show. So then somehow now we've got Doctor Who involved. Shows you wouldn't even imagine. You've got Once Upon a Time. Really, Once Upon a Time is in? Once Upon a Time is in. You've got like um, Perfect Strangers. Mm -hmm. You You can throw a rock at the television and find a couple of different shows that are involved. But so we're talking about these crossovers of characters. Well, then it continues further. At one point in time, this show crosses over with the X-Files. But somewhere on the X-Files, mm-hmm. in a scene, somebody is watching I Love Lucy. Well, then that means Tommy created a universe where someone is watching I Love Lucy. Tommy created I Love Lucy. So Just that's on the, before even St. Elsewhere. Exactly. Like, that's where you go. That's, so we're talking like shows before St. Elsewhere came on. Like we're going back to I Love Lucy to current day television are we in Tommy's universe? Like, <laughs> exactly. Are we there? How does this work? How does this I was work? listening to a podcast called We Just Nerd Here. They're um, episode 28. And they had gone to a kind of Comic-Con convention. Okay, cool. And interacted with people who were playing characters mm-hmm. from their movies. And they were like, well, we interacted with this character from, you know, Doctor Who. Doctor Who is in the universe. <gasps> Are we real? Like, they were starting to even get <laughs> a little nerd out. It was just like, it grows and grows and grows. It's characters. It is um, concepts. It's ideas. It's spinoffs. It's just, it doesn't end. Right. So, and there's even uh, product associations. Here's so get from the web. <laughs> so we woke up Amy's we Google. woke up my, okay, Google. Baby, shh, go to sleep. <laughs> Mommy's podcasting. Okay, so um, again, going back to the watch list um, podcast that I listened to, they were talking about how Keith Gow has kind of come out and said that he would have limited the um, universe a little bit by product association if he had to do it over again. Because, for instance, at some point in the St. Elsewhere series, someone was smoking a brand of cigarettes called Morley Cigarettes. Okay. Well, Morley cigarettes have been smoked as far back as, I think, um, like Dick Tracy, I think they might have said. Oh, wow. And it's been smoked in other shows before. And products like um, generic magazines or generic airlines, if you watch enough television, you'll see the same generic airline. It's not a real airline like American or Delta that you can really fly. But you'll see, like, let's call it transatlantic airlines Uh in several different shows. So anything that had that product association was starting to get wrapped up into the Tommy Westfeld conspiracy theory universe. Um, But they said if they could go back, they wouldn't do that so much anymore because there actually are Hollywood branding companies. They kind of come up with these generic things you could pay them off for. So, like... This is kind of easier thing to pay that generic company than it is to pay Delta to have their logo right. in the background. It's a Hollywood mechanism. It's not as cool as the lore of all of these characters live in the same world, you know, yeah. in this kid's brain. So when I was looking up the like Tommy Westfall Tumblr like official account, they called it direct links and indirect links. Oh, okay. So okay. a direct link would be a character, a spinoff, crossovers, a character's name being referenced, even if they're not necessarily on the screen. But then they had indirect links. So this would be 
fictional places, character names, newspapers, the same branding in the background. So it right. sounds like if they would have splintered it off, it would have been direct links. And then here's Tommy's universe with the direct links. And if you want to go further, okay, here's an outlier of those indirect links that even make the universe bigger. So I listened to another podcast, um, really interesting one from PRI, Public Radio International, called Studio 360 with Kurt Anderson. Um, so they have these just short 17-minute science and creativity podcasts. Uh-huh. And this one was called The Multiverse. And, look, it's super dorky. <laughs> like, so they were, talking about, dorky. they were talking about multiverses and how with quantum physics, like scientists and nerds have always kind of believed in this realm of parallel universes that can intersect. Yes. And we just... We know that to be true. Right? <laughs> the Mandela effect is part of all this multiverse yes. talk. So cool. And as human beings, we have not figured out a machine or windows or whatever it is uh-huh. to cross universes and experience it for proof. Um, but they talked about how in comic books, for example, they're super comfortable with the idea yeah. of multiverses. Um, DC does it even more so than Marvel does. Where Marvel yeah. likes to cross their characters a lot. DC likes to have multiverses for their own characters. Okay. So, like, in one story arc of a comic book, the character of even Superman has died, like, yeah. a few times, right? Yes. But then they'll just start a different thread, because they still have more stories to tell, and they'll start an alternate universe of Superman. And that they're very kind of comfortable with that. And the scientists that believe in this multi-universe and the nerds that do yeah. just are fine with that. They they don't mind the inconsistency of the characters uh-huh. because they're just willing to get more and more stories yeah. anyhow. Because you can put that aside when it's not real. Right. And so on this episode of uh, Studio 360, they related it to how television has this kind of multiverse yeah. and related it directly to the Tommy Westfeld awesome. theory. And they actually got an interview with Tom Fontana, who was a producer and writer on State Elsewhere cool. back in the day. And Tom Fontana has gone on to work on several shows since. And he has actually worked with those those two actors who played the two doctors that oh, yeah. might have become grandpa and dad at the end. He has crossed them into shows beyond the life of St. Elsewhere. So... For instance, one of the doctors in an episode of Arrested Development, which Tom Fontana worked on nice. later, Great show. as his character from St. Elsewhere is giving a lecture. So now Arrested Development is a creation of Tommy Westfall's brain. Of course. It's in the universe. He blew himself. Right. And uh, same thing, like you said, X-Files. That came yes. on after St. Elsewhere oh, yeah. ended. But that's how and other writers now for like an Easter egg funny time. Yes are starting to do this, too, so that the universe continues to grow, which just as a Hollywood lore and kind of love for television and yeah. and all things fan theory about television, I love that they're doing that. And we work for a company that Easter eggs the crap out of, out of everything. everything. Yes, for sure. So it's always so exciting to see. Um, I listened to Bunny Ears. I popped it up forever ago. Yes. This is Macaulay Culkin's podcast. Yeah, I listened to this episode this week too, but I think you took um, more note than me because I was driving <laughs> when I was listening yes. to it. So he had an episode called TV Spinoffs and Crossovers. And before I get into what I learned from him, can I just say yes. how crazy it was to hear Macaulay Culkin Talk about the TV shows he watched as a kid growing up. Right, because they're the same ones I did. Same. He's just a couple years older than us. It was insane. Kevin. It was, like, Kevin was listening and, like, 
oh, he likes, you know, DuckTales. Woo-hoo. Me too. Me too. It was just and kind of fascinating. Muppet Babies. Just like Great us. conversation. Muppet Babies uh-huh. is all like, that's a universe. And what they really dove into was spinoffs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was like Muppet Babies is obviously a spinoff, but like there was a clear indicator of like Nanny maybe in like Muppets Take Manhattan, and mm-hmm. then they're now Do you remember a that spin-off. scene in Muppets Take Manhattan? Did you ever see that movie? I, real talk, yeah, was not the biggest Muppet fan. Oh, okay. Huge Muppet Baby fan. Right, right They taught right. me about the spice trade and all of those things, <laughs> but like the Muppets, not entirely. Okay. Well, I um, did love Muppets Take Manhattan growing up, and there is a scene towards the end of the movie before Kermit and Piggy get married in that movie <laughs> where like they're in a little nursery and there's somebody with striped socks taking care of them. Uh-huh. So it does seem to feel like that's where Muppet Babies built off of as the cartoon show that was wildly popular for us toddlers at the time. Yeah. I mean, I have a brother who's six and a half years younger than me, so then I got forced to rewatch sure. a lot of these things sure. whilst babysitting. But they did talk so much about crossovers. I mean, we talked earlier about a crossover with Friends and Seinfeld and Mad About, Mad about, you. about you, but remember there was an ER crossover with the two doctors came on and it was just everything back in the 90s and 80s was a major crossover. And now the crossovers are still pretty relevant, but with probably television shows I'm not watching, every Law & Order crosses over, the CSI's crossover. Right. So there's a whole, I guess, three-hour block of like, Chicago PD, Chicago Fire, and Chicago Med, and it's a three-hour movie where they sure. all keep intertwining. So it's not done. Oh, They're cool. still doing these things today. I just don't think it's as impactful because of binge culture. They I They talked agree. about that a lot on the watch list that, yeah. you know, uh, oh, for instance, when... Speaking of binge culture, Orange okay. is New Black is in, like, the Westfall Theory. How and why? Like... That's, oh, that's so cool. crazy, but that is a binge one. Sorry, keep going. No, I was just going to say, like, back in the day when they had, you know, must-watch TV on Thursday yeah. night, you watched four sitcoms in a row, yep. and they would be pretty clever about those crossovers. Yeah. But nowadays, let's say Seinfeld and Mad About You are both on. I'm not going to watch them back-to-back. I'm going to watch them off my DVR yeah. whenever I feel like it. So it doesn't have the same impact, and it never will, but in this new culture... But then again, would I ever go back to appointment, like, primetime TV? I, I don't think I could in my What do you think now. of the last show you watched live? Well, I mean... Which is appointment. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, I, I mean, the Olympics, sh- maybe? Yeah, like the Olympics, <laughs> awards shows, the Super Bowl. Trials. Yeah. I mean, I was right there with that Casey Anthony. But that live. was 2011, It was girl. so long ago. It was so long ago. Well... There's other thoughts that are kind of like creep into the Tommy Westfall world that make us just kind of question. Yes, how, the re, like the reality of this universe. Mm-hmm. There are crossovers with reality TV stars. There are crossovers or appearances by true celebrities. Celebrities, right? Does Tommy know those celebrities and layer them in, or those are definitely, are those cracks? They're kinks in the armor, okay. like the one that we mentioned. You and I, Friends is in the Westfall universe. Yes. But there's an episode of Friends where Jean-Claude Van Damme guest stars as himself. Yes. So Jean-Claude Van Damme exists in this real human 2019 plane that the rest of us are living in. Yeah. He doesn't exist in Tommy Westfall's head. He couldn't have made him up. So when those moments happen, 
you kind of just have to throw it away. And, and I will say, I'm like, that, yeah. uni- that television episode almost crossed out of its own universe. True. And there's another one they talked about again on Watch List. The X-Files, and I never saw this, and I'm kind of fascinated how they worked it out. The X-Files crossed over with cops. Like, bad boys, how? bad boys, what you want to do. Like I said, I don't know. I've not seen it. But they said specifically that episode has to get cast out as like a... Okay. Uh, like a black card. Like, okay. we don't understand that. It doesn't fit. So we just cast it out. Like, almost like the X-Files jumped out of its own universe for a minute and then jumps back in the next okay. episode. But it didn't jump the shark. Well, remember when it tried to come back on, like, Netflix or something? Like, it clearly jumped the shark. Yeah. Right when I was yeah. listening to just we just Nerd Here, they kind of started out their conversation with TV shows that jumped the shark. Oh, okay. Which is a phrase in society today, like, that jumped the shark, or that TV show, or things can jump the shark. And one of the other guest hosts or co-hosts, Nemo, didn't even know what that phrase meant. Children, right? Right? So if you guys don't know, when we're talking about TV in this history, there's an episode of Happy Days where Fonzie... Fonzie, I was like, not Fozzie Bear. I, okay, From we talked Muppets. about Muppets and it got like real like cloudy Fonzie. in my brain. Hey. hey. Goes water skiing and truly jumps a shark physically for like a kid. Basically, that's when we look back at Happy Days and say, the show it was, was over. The show was, it was over. It was time to end. It jumped the shark. Right. And now when TV shows do a last ditch effort to kind of keep you watching and one more season... And you're like, God, you guys should have ended with season seven. But you I went know, on to season eight, you, you jumped to the high. shark. Go out high. Leave the party at its peak. Right. Not Don't ask the hostess to have you leave. Don't be the wasted person in the corner that needs to be called an Uber. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. But you know what, Amy? We were talking earlier. There are so many weird theories we have been finding outside of Tommy and... I see your laundry list oh in front of me, and I am so excited. So I'll kick it off. Okay. When I was listening well, to... Well, I was just going to say, like, online fan theories... Are the greatest. Just, ...have just been a thing, and I you love it when you find a good one, and, like, you can be the first one to tell your friends... Oh, yeah. Okay. Listen to this fucking theory I read on Reddit yes, today. You know I love that. Right. And so it's so fun. I have a long laundry list. You have a great one to kick it off, and then I just can blow your mind. Absolutely. So I actually got this one from Bunny Ears... And it kind of made me, my ears perk up. So this theory is about a beloved show from the 90s with Carl Winslow and Steve Urkel. Gosh, what's the daughter's name? I didn't watch it that closely. But I loved that show. Family Matters. What was the name? Days go by. (laughs) Yeah. He was in love with Carl's daughter. Carla? No. (laughs) Um... Anyway, moving anyway, on. Anyway, so. Urkel, uh, Urkel and Carl are really our yeah, main two did, center folks. Did I do that? Didn't I do that? Mm-hmm. So, here's the theory. Yes. The actor that plays Carl Winslow has been a... Laura. Laura Winslow. Laura Winslow. Good job. Sorry. Um, Carl Winslow has been a cop in a lot of things. He yeah. has been an actor who's played cops in many movies. Ghostbusters, The Die Hards. The list truly goes on. But the theory is... His character in Die Hard is a cop who's kind of assigned to the desk. He can't be out in the field because, unfortunately, he shot and killed a kid who had a toy gun. And so apropos to today, right? Right. And so he's stuck on the desk. The theory is, as a cop, he missed being out in the field. And so he 
left the city that I guess Die Hard takes place in, takes himself to like the suburbs of Chicago. His wife and his family changes his name, kind of witness protection style. Okay. Goes by Carl Winslow. Mm-hmm. But the kid he killed, he can't get rid of in his mind. He's thinking about it and he conjures him up because he feels so much guilt. And that's Urkel. Which is why Carl can allow Urkel to be the most annoying neighbor, Dennis the Menace style, and still allow him around. And he's okay with it because he carries his guilt. But then do you remember that one scene where Urkel creates a weird, like, get cool machine and becomes... Stefan or hell. Not just one scene. Like, that happened a lot. Yeah, and, and, like, Laura fell in love with him. And last week, Family Matters jumped the shark, by the way. For sure. Yeah. But so then the theory continues that the boy that he killed, Urkel, would have grown up to be Stefan or Kel. So he conjures all of this up, and it just continues as crazy fan theory. But then again, to go back to everything we've been talking about. Yeah. Family Matters is a spinoff of Perfect Strangers uh-huh. because Carl Winslow's wife was an elevator operator in Perfect Strangers, uh-huh. and I think Perfect Strangers and everything is back in the, the Westfall, Westfall universe. universe. So does that mean Die Hard is in the Westfall universe? If you go by this if fan you go theory, by that. yes. So Amy, I know you Whoa. have been going deep. <laughs> you guys, once we started talking about like. Look, I love my childhood television sitcoms and even some movies that were iconic to me as a child. So I have been having an absolute blast thinking about the Tommy Westfeld universe conspiracy theory and uh, looking up other fan theories. And I got a list. May I share? Yes. Okay. So this is a movie. Let me start with the movie Grease. You've seen, right? I've seen things. So here is the theory, uh, the fan theory for Grease. That Sandy is actually dead for the whole movie. What? And she (laughs) is conjuring this whole scenario of her moving to America and meeting this man and these friends and this musical up until she basically crosses over into heaven. So remember how the movie starts where Danny is on a vacation to Australia with his family, meets Sandy, and they have a summer fling. Yeah. Right? And then he goes back to school in the movie, her family moves to America and attends. So Sandy, Sandy and Danny meet up again. Yes. Do you remember the song Summer Lovin'? Yeah. And that lyric, I saved her life, she nearly drowned. Yeah, of course. So if you follow the theory, if Sandy actually drowned, and maybe Danny tried to come save her and she saw him, and as she's crossing into heaven, she's in love with him and she conjures up this entire musical as she's basically seeing the light and walking down the tunnel because the very last scene of Grease (gasps) is Danny and Sandy in that red convertible flying up into the clouds. Why? That is her final crossover and she's taking her love with her. This is the theory for Grease. (laughs) So weird. Sandy died in the ocean. Yes, she did. This is all a fantasy. He did not save her life. She drowned. She drowned. So here's another one. This is a this is a television one. Okay. We love Friends. We've mentioned it love. on this show already. Go with me here. So of the six friends, yeah. It makes sense that about I mean they're all quirky in their own ways, but it makes sense that Rachel, Monica, Ross, Chandler, and Joey would actually be friends in yeah. real life. Like they've all got quirks, but that that works. Yeah. Phoebe is super odd, though, right? (laughs) So what if 
Phoebe is actually the crazy homeless woman she says that she was before she met all these friends, but she's really just wanted companionship so badly that she's conjured up those five friends. So the entire series is just Phoebe's imagination because she grew up homeless and like she said, and it makes sense why these people would be friends with this odd duck of Phoebe. It actually also works even more because as a teenager on the streets, she robbed Ross. That's right. So she's conjured this up little by little for a long time. She's robbed Ross. She had his like science man comic books. Yes. Seen a window into his life and wanted an insight. Okay. All right. I can see this. Um, oh, Phoebes. Okay, here's an animated one. Which animated? I think this is my <laughs> okay. This is my favorite one. So Scooby Doo. Did you watch Scooby Doo growing up? Not really. Scooby Dooby Doo. Where are you? Yeah, I know We've what got it is. Some things to do now. You love it when I sing on this love. podcast. Okay, so we know the characters of Scooby Doo. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, you know, white boy Fred. <laughs> His girlfriend Daphne, uh-huh. Dork Velma, Ugh. Stoner Shaggy, yeah. and a talking great dang Scooby. So these five characters are roaming around in a bus, never stopping anywhere for too long. They come across lots of weird mysteries, right? Which really turn out to be towns with um, ghosts. Well, no, I was going <laughs> to say um, very elaborate costume shops. Yes. It always really turns out in the end. Truth. But what if now this all the, the Scooby Doo came out in the sixties around uh-huh. the time of the Vietnam War? Okay, Go with me here. What if Fred was draft dodging? Oh my God! <laughs> what if Fred got drafted into the war? Right, he's yeah. about eighteen. He's of age. He gets a draft notice in the mail. Gathers his girlfriend Daphne and some hangers on. <laughs> Hanger honors gets a bus and is fucking ain't going to no war. And so the fan theory goes that this is why they continually, seamlessly wander yes. in this bus and never stop for more than a day or so. It's not like they ever solve a crime. They're like, well, this is nice, guys. Nantucket, let's stay. Solve a crime by dinner time. Fred is draft dodging. Yes. No, I agree with this one. <laughs> Fred is, Fred this is one checks out. <laughs> checks out. Here's another movie from our childhood, Jurassic Park. You seen it? Uh, yeah, a couple of times. <laughs> Do you... Okay, so we've seen Jurassic Park, and then they've rebooted it with Jurassic World. Yeah, so good. Right. And um, we haven't... I haven't seen the fifth movie yet. Now, but right. Jurassic World with Chris Pratt as the Owen character. Yeah. Came out... With the Chris, raptors. He's, yeah, he's in charge of the raptors. He's super fucking hot. Blue, I see you. Delta, back off. Right. So do you remember the opening scene of Jurassic Park with... um, Oh, the original? The original movie where they're like hunting, you know, they're trying to dig up bones. I don't remember the characters' names. But the the doctor from the first movies, um, you know... Yeah. Not Jeff Goldblum, the other guy. Yeah, the other guy with Laura Dern. Yes. Yeah. Laura Dern's boyfriend. Some annoying kid runs up to him and he's like... I don't think raptors are really all that special. And the doctor pulls like a raptor claw out of his pocket and scares that shit out of that little kid. Like he could slash you across the belly. You should have respect for raptors. Yes. What if that kid was Owen? Oh, yes. And grows up and all these years later is a raptor trainer (gasps) in Jurassic World. Because at one point in Jurassic World, somebody says to Chris Pratt's character, Owen, like, how do you have a relationship like this with the raptors? And Owen fucking says, 
It's built on respect. The glow up is real. Oh, it's oh yeah. It's Soup's glow up. For sure. Soup's glow up. I love that theory so much. What Do you have others? Um, I do. Okay, real quick. So Ferris Bueller's day off, right? Ferris, his dorky friend Cameron, yeah. and his hot girlfriend Sloane. Yep. What if it's like a little fight clubby mm. where Cameron is sick in bed, like we saw him in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. But what if Cameron is actually only sick in bed the entire time and is a dork and is dreaming up what he really wants to be and it's Ferris Bueller and Ferris gets the girl, the girl Uh he has a crush on Sloan. And like, what if Ferris is not real? And this is all a figment of Cameron's fever dreams. Ooh. And like, it the was. The Sausage King of the Chicago sausage is not real. Chicago is just a figment of Cameron's dreams. I feel like this the, one I have seen on the internet before. Right? He gets the girl. And this also explains how these teenagers <laughs> with one vehicle see all of Chicago in one day. They're, that it's a dream. They're at an art museum. They're at a game. They're running a parade. They're at lunch. Or di- I mean, <laughs> who has the time? Who has the time? Time, right? Oh my god, I have one more ridiculous one. I got more, but I'm gonna stop at this last ridiculous one that makes me laugh so hard. You've seen Gilligan's Island? Yeah. Yes. So a minute though, but I've seen it. Three hour tour, these folks get stranded on this island for an entire television series. Yeah, how which, crazy. Like, they, they're there for the perfect amount of time. Right, and like I've seen Survivor. There's yeah. no way they had these lush accommodations no. on their own. But what if it's actually all a metaphor for hell? Oh. And what? That, you know, there's seven deadly sins. There are. That can get you in trouble and send you to hell where Mr. Satan lives. And what if these characters actually all embody a deadly sin and they're basically all in hell on Gilligan's Island? Okay, well, so, who is who? Well, for instance, there's the millionaire and his wife, right? Yeah. What if the millionaire represents greed oh. and the wife represents sloth? Okay, she I see it. shit but live no, on him, yep. right? There's the hot ginger. What if she represents lust? Yes. There's the um, cute next door Marianne, who represents envy. Uh-huh. There's the know-it-all professor, who represents pride. Yes. There's the, um, you know, mad old captain, who represents anger and gluttony. Uh-huh. And then our little buddy Gilligan is Satan all along. Oh, because he annoys the crap out of all of them. Exactly. He is the foil to all of them. He is Satan. Yep. Okay, I'm on board. I'm on board. That one was really good. That might be my favorite of all of them. I'm super obsessed with fan theories right now. Like, Oh, I mean, you could talk about that for hours. Like, volume two next week of this. <laughs> Maybe we can just, can I just have a bonus episode of, like, Amy and fan theories? Yes. yes. Absolutely. Those were so good. You know when I get onto a subject that I love that I clip in, and I'm not done for days, weeks, oh, yeah. months oh, I'm not on done end. Now. This Tommy Westfall has been... One of the most exciting things to research. Oh, it's been so much and fun. And talk about and bring to you guys, Mr. Soliday. Thank you for still teaching me Thanks, 15 man. years later. Okay, so we kind of had a question. Yeah. Is Podcast Rewind in the Tell Me Westfall universe? And guess what? It is. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so you guys have heard of the game Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Right. We wanted to go back and try our own version, but Six Degrees of Tommy Westfall. We wanted to see, could Amy and I, within six degrees, get ourselves to Chad Allen, the actor, yes. who plays Tommy Westfall? Who, I've never heard of this actor before. 
But if you saw him later on, like, did you ever see My Two Dads? Oh, yeah. He's the hot boy that she's in love with. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, that's Tommy. Oh, yeah. Great. I got you. Okay. Do you want me to go first? Yes. Okay. Boop. So let's want to work backwards from We're going to work back from Chad to, to me. So, Chad Allen, actor on St. Elsewhere. Another actor on St. Elsewhere is Christina Pickles. This is Ross and Monica Geller's mother from Friends. Right. Somebody who was on an episode of Friends is Rebecca Romaine, not Nay Stamos. Right. <laughs> Rebecca Romaine is married to Jerry O'Connell, who the two of them are close friends with a family friend of ours, Pilar Steinborn, who I worked with at VH1, and I know Pilar. That is five degrees. Nice. Thank you. Very good. Okay. I did this earlier, and I'm trying to remember how I did it. Right. So Howie Mandel was actually another actor on St. Elsewhere. Yes. So Chad Allen to Howie Mandel. Howie Mandel later on was a judge on the television show America's Got Talent. Another judge on that show, and actually like the creator originator of that show, is Simon Cowell. Yep. Simon Cowell was before that on American Idol, and the host of that show was Ryan Seacrest. Yes. And I have met and worked briefly with one Ryan Seacrest. We did it! Five. Boom. Boom. We are. Podcast Rewind is in the Tommy Tommy Westfall Westfall universe. universe. Woo! (sighs) Hey, now. So good. Guys, before we keep going, though... Any other cool subjects like this that you want us to go deep dive on Please and send. then send back out to you guys and kind of do your own, our book report for you, basically, if you will, shoot us a DM um, on Instagram, podcastrwd, shoot us an email, podcastrwd at gmail.com. Things like this are so fun when we know it's things you guys like listening to. Yes. And then we can come and, like I said, do a book report, an oral presentation, if you will. With alcohol. I couldn't do that in high school, could you? No. No. Not, no. I, and I didn't. I was I a good girl. I didn't. No, no, no. The water was water. I was a good girl. The water was water. Okay. You guys, let's go to Podcast Pulse. Yeah. Pulse. So we actually thought we'd go back to what the top three in the podcast world is right now so that if you guys want to know what the most popular thing to listen to is, we'll give it to you straight. Yeah. The number one podcast right now today is Fill in the Blanks, hosted by my boyfriend, Dr. Phil McCraw. It's amazing. Um, he dropped on Monday this week with guest Pierce Morgan. Yeah. So I'm not a Pierce no, Morgan thanks. fan. I'm not going to be listening, but that is the number one podcast on iTunes right now. Yeah. Number two is this newest series called The Dropout from ABC News with who I hope is a distant relative, Rebecca Jarvis. And... <laughs> Stay tuned to the next moment. We're going to talk about the dropout real quickly. Awesome. Number three is a podcast called Blackout, which I'd never heard of before. So we looked it up real quick before we got on the air. Um, Looks to be new. It's from Endeavor Audio. Here's the description. I'm kind of into this. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's actually a, a fiction podcast. Oh, here's a description. Academy Award winner Rami Malek from Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Stars in this apocalyptic thriller as a small town radio DJ fighting to protect his family and community after the power grid goes down nationwide, upending modern civilization. Blackout stars and is executive produced by Rami Malik and produced by Q Code and Endeavor Audio. 
So, all right. I can layer that into your thrillers. world. Hello, little Hunger Games, maybe. Yeah, a little World War Z. Yeah, I'll check it out for sure. All right, cool. Do you want right. to do some pop ups? Yeah, and hey, I, I got to go first. Go I ahead. just mentioned the dropout. I didn't realize it was this high on the charts this week, but in good listening pick, to, pick. I can understand why. Like I mentioned, this is from ABC News and Rebecca Jarvis. It is all about Elizabeth Holmes, the founder of a technology company called Theranos. Okay. So I had heard about Theranos about a month or so ago. I had taken myself to lunch (laughs) in town (laughs) to a sushi restaurant, and I had my laptop with me planning on doing work, but I saw some, like, ABC News YouTube video about Theranos and this crazy scam. And it was around the Fire Festival documentaries. Oh my God. And I was like, well, I'm not done with reading and learning about scams. So, okay. So I watched this like 20 minute video. There is now currently a HBO documentary out right now called The Inventor Out for Blood in Silicon Valley, all about Elizabeth Holmes. Okay. There is a book about Elizabeth Holmes, and now there is this podcast. Okay, Okay. So, like, Whatever medium you want, or in fact, take it all in. So Theranos is an invention that was created by Elizabeth Holmes. She went to Stanford for about a year, dropped Mm -hmm. out at age 19, had this monumental breakthrough idea. What if instead of, do you ever go and get a blood test done? Like what's your cholesterol, all of those things? You get a bunch of vials taken out of your body. Mm -hmm. What if we just need to do a pinprick? Mm Mm-hmm. And we could test everything in a pinprick. Okay. Game changer. Sure. Yeah. Great. Great. So brilliant ideas. She goes out. She sells it. She's got venture capitalists. She's bringing in executives from Apple, like mm-hmm. poaching people from Apple okay. to start up this huge company. And at like 19 comes up with this idea. Whoa. She's young. Yeah. And her advisor at Stanford is like, um, you took like three business classes. Love having you here. That's not accurate. You can't do that. You haven't taken a single science class. You know nothing about phlebotomy. What are you doing? What? And she was like, no, no, no. I know what I'm doing. And her academic advisor was like, okay. So she ends up starting this massive company for over like 10 years. Raises over $700 million. Her company is valued at $9 billion. Stop it. She's on the cover of Time. Like winning all these inventor awards. Strikes a deal with Walgreens. Wouldn't it be great to go into Walgreens, prick your finger, and as a diabetic, you know what you need. Or, hey, I have been diagnosed with X, Y, and Z cancer. Let me do a pinprick. Let me see how I'm doing. Goes through this whole thing. Doesn't have the technology. None of that. It doesn't work. It's all fucking fraud. Oh, shit. And her and her, like, top executive that she has been in a secret relationship with. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Comes out. I mean, it is so good. Like I said, I watched these YouTube videos, and now there's a documentary, which I know I'm going to get real sick obsessed with. This podcast has been great. So many interviews with people. I hear the book is better. Always the book is better. Sure. But I was listening to – I had seen this podcast in the ether – but when I was listening to Keep It this morning, they were talking about it. And mm. Kara Brown on that show was like, the documentary is sick. The book is sicker. These podcasts are amazing. And she was like, I'm not done talking about this. And I was like, oh, this is why I think my friend Rachel thinks Kara and I are weird soulmates. Because uh-huh. when you're hooked into something, you can't stop talking about it. Sure. So just prepare yourself. I mean, this girl talks weird. She dresses okay. like Steve Jobs. She truly wears black turtlenecks. Oh, shit. Has like messy hair. 
doesn't blink in interviews. Mm-hmm. If you watch interviews with her, she doesn't blink at you whatsoever. Nope, that's and she it. has changed her voice to have a lower, nope. more baritone female voice to be taken more seriously. I mean, mm-hmm. she is mm-hmm. methodical in her scheming. Nope. And they talk so much about like, clearly Billy from Fire Festival knew nothing was going to come of it. and was just kind of like fucking around for a little bit. She, but he was charming. He was charming. This girl is a different kind of psychotic. And I want you to listen to it because I feel like you know how you love to mimic the Real Housewives voices? <laughs> yeah. I think you're going to love to mimic her voice. Oh, my God. I cannot wait. But it's, it's really great investigative journalism, and it's dark, and it's so crazy. But the, so the dropout, the dropout from ABC News. But from there, you'll learn about so many different things about oh. Elizabeth Holmes. Like, it's going to go on for a while. Like I said, the documentary it, on HBO has been getting rave reviews. I am immediately putting it on my subscription. Yeah. It's, it's so fucked up. It's so fucked up. Oh my God. I've got two quick pop-ups. Sure. Okay. So cleanse me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this first one won't. Let's try it. So I, I brought it up before. This is another Betches Media podcast. We love Betches, them. hire us. This is not another true crime podcast. Clever. They ended season one last year, and I brought them up. You did. Uh, I don't remember exactly what show it was, but I gotta tell you. Is it our Murderers Entertainment? Because they hadn't just come out yet, but we knew it was happening. No, it was something. Uh, they went on about JonBenet Ramsey. I might have popped that up. At any rate, I'll be honest about it. I didn't love Not Another True Crime Podcast season one. Okay. I wanted to, but just couldn't quite get there. The good news is they're completely rebooting for season cool. two. So Sarah from Betches Media is staying on, um, I don't even remember who the other co-host was before, but she didn't live in town and they were doing it over the phone. It's so it got, hard. got a bit clunky. So she's got two new guest hosts, or new, two co-hosts, um, Casey Balsham and Danny Murphy, who I think he's a writer and Casey is a comedian. Okay. So season two is actually going to drop um, like a binge-worthy entire season oh, on wow, April. Oh, smart. Yeah, on April 8th. So they're gearing up now and working on it. But they are also going to do interspersing episodes called Wait, What? <laughs> and they dropped their first Wait, What? Michael Jackson and Getting the Fuck Out of Neverland. <laughs> <laughs> so perfect. <laughs> so perfect it made you die. <laughs> well, we talked about it last week. I was obsessed with it. That's right. So I, you talked about the Leaving Neverland documentary as your obsession yes. last week. And I had started it when we potted last week, but I have now watched the entire thing and I'm not okay. No. And so this, wait, what? Wait, that what? just dropped this week was their, the three of their reactions to um, the Leaving Neverland documentary and also gave us a taste of what season two and the new format of cool. Not Another True Crime podcast is going to be. And it's got me really excited yeah. for season two. I'm really looking forward to it. And also, uh, I've listened to actually several podcasts of the reaction to um, Leaving Neverland. Same. I listened to Martinis and Murder. They did. They oh, have, yeah. They've had for a while now like mini episodes that they call Another Shot, which I think is Love. cute. They did another shot this week about leaving Neverland, and I also listened to a podcast episode about uh-huh. it. Um, I, I can't get enough of other people's reactions since having it, watched it for myself. Because it solidifies in your own brain, and that's why it, things that are recap-oriented just make you feel like, oh, no, I'm not alone. I did really think this, and I was accurate with my own thoughts, because we do live in this world where everyone's throwing their thoughts and feelings on the internet. And when yours get validated, it just feels good. Exactly. It's just really what it is. So going on to my second recap in the realm of recaps, uh-huh. um, 
or my second pop-up, excuse me, there's a new show from Netflix called I'm Obsessed With This. Cool. And Erica, they're ripping us off. But <laughs> you're totally ripping us off. Wait, what? <laughs> so remember you brought up a podcast from Netflix called You Can't Make This Up? Yeah. Where they recap kind of their like true crime Yeah, stuff we did the um, Evil Genius one. Right. So this podcast is called I'm Obsessed With This. And the host is Bobby Finger, which is a funny Gross. name. And I listened to their episodes about, so just like obsession shows. So okay. they had one episode that was You, Sex Education, and Fire, where they recapped all of that. Oh, because those are shows on Netflix. Right. And then other, and then the second episode that was Russian Doll, Velvet, uh, Buzzsaw, and Abducted in Plain Sight. Obsessed. Right. So just like those obsession shows on Netflix. But they start every episode by asking all of the hosts at the table what they're obsessed <gasps> with this week. R, circle, C, circle, T, M, trademark. That's, That's right. ours. They are ripping us off. Uh, I guess puts I'm obsessed with this in the Tommy Westfell universe. I guess so. Sorry, guys. You didn't know that. Which also puts all of Let's Netflix see. in. <laughs> The circle got big, y'all. Our one friend works at Netflix. We're immediately emailing her afterwards and that saying, where is our... Off. Cut. Right. Yes, she works there. She knows. Right. Girl. We've got to get on her. But no, I'm obsessed with this. Like None, please. <laughs> Girl. No, so like you brought up, um, they can't make this up about their crazy true crime stuff on Netflix. Yeah. If you just want to talk about their bingey soapy oh, shows, yeah, then right. you want to tune into I'm Obsessed with Because you should watch Fire. You should watch You. You should watch Abducted. You should right. watch right. Evil Genius. All right. of that are so good. Oh, show. All right, those are my pop-ups this week. Awesome. I loved them. Um, I loved episode 61. This was So fun. much, you guys. Again, shout out Mr. Soliday for teaching me. <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Dan. Past 2002. Um, teachers, America's resource. <laughs> um, but guys, like I said, if you have things you want us to do that deep dive and do the work for you, we don't have enough things to do during the week. Mm-mm, come at We're us, just bro. too busy drinking and watching reality shows and listening to podcasts. We've got the time. And if you have the time, like I mentioned earlier, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Subscribe to your mother, your father, your neighbor, your priest, your pastor, the guy girl, that does your girl. lawn. Girl, are you thirsty? Calm down. Aren't you thirsty? Get yeah. thirstier. Yeah, but come on. Be cool, man. When you're trying a bit and your <laughs> your host brings you down. But guys, um, you know where to find us. We will see you next week. And in the meantime, do not forget to be kind. And rewind. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.